Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It's great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, I want to just share this before I introduce uh, Dr. Irvin Laszlo uh, to the show. So 16 years ago, when this all started, and it wasn't the Dr. Pacho, it was crust-busting your way to an awesome life. And I came out of the gate. Um, I was fit, just graduated for, you know, Claremont, had my doctorate, was supposed to go be a big fat paid consultant, making a lot of money, working with organizations on organizational behavior because of my research, which won awards in my postdoctorate. And I was supposed to be off in a trajectory, right? You just graduated, graduated with honors, your dissertation wins an award, your postdoctorate wins an award, you're presenting your work all over the world. And I was depressed. I was depressed beyond imagination. And the people around me looked at me and said, why? You have everything you've ever wanted. Why? Now, here's where I went. And this is a long story I'm going to make very short. Off I went, six months, dial the wrong phone number, start to do the show. Benny remembers it. And April 1st, of 2004, I get sick, very sick, mystery disease sick. And there I was in the world with a radio show, buying airtime, not out there making a lot of money, but I knew that I was doing something I loved. But what happened? This thing that happened to me awakened me to something. And I remember asking myself, I want to interview all these amazing people. I want to interview the people I'm now reading about and I'm studying about. And I remember a a PR agency said to me one day, nobody, nobody is going to come on your show. You're new, you're six months Nobody's going to do it. And I said to my producer at the time, I need to go to this conference. We need to do a remote broadcast at this conference. Dr. Irvin Laszlo is there. I need to interview him. And I got to say, this book, this is one of many, many things that he has uh, written, Reconnecting to the Source, The New Science of Spiritual Experience, how it can change you, how it can transform the world. This explains how I got there, how all of you could get there, what your future could be like, what it means to revitalize 
living spirituality in the modern world beyond anything you can imagine. But what does it mean? What does it mean to do it in the way that we look at the quantum aspect of the universe? Today, I'm thrilled to be introducing Dr. Irvin Laszlo to you. You, you, Irvin Laszlo, you probably know him. You've probably heard him on other shows. But for me, being at that point in time in my life and speaking with someone that is so absolutely brilliant in helping us understand the mystery behind how things works, it's an honor and a pleasure. And today, this book, Reconnecting to the Source, it is not just meaningful, it's essential. Dr. Laszlo, it's great to have you on the show. Well, Pat, it's wonderful to be on this show. And it's wonderful to have been part of your history, part of your life history. I didn't realize that. But I'm honored that if that's the case. Wonderful to be here. And thanks so much for having another chance to talk with you. It's wonderful to have you, I mean, on the show. But I have to say that when I read this book and I went back and read it again and I and some of the people that have contributed or some of the stories that are in here, we are living in a time, a day and age where we are bombarded by information and data. I want to ask you this question. How do you see the challenges for people in remembering the truth of who they are? Well, I mean, first of all, we have to be open to that idea, mm. open to the idea which used to be called in the ancient days, you know, thousands of years ago, called used to be called the Akashic Record. <laughs> so that what you remember is, is everything that you have been this life and in the previous lives and everything that has ever happened. So I think this is what you're discovering in the quantum universe is that everything is based on information and very subtle kind of a thing. It's not just brute energy, but it's information. And information cannot be created absolutely out of nothing. Information can be can be put pulled together, can be made meaningful, can create things, but it also cannot be destroyed. So everything that in a way, everything that ever happened is still available. Its traces are there someplace in this universal quantum field. So to remember what we have been doing, first of all, you have to be open to the idea. You're not just biochemical machines that run down that have to be constantly fed with energy and with nutrients, etc. But we also have a, we are also participants in an universal information field in which we are we are one one of them, one of the many things in it. But we are very much one with the many things in it. So this is a whole new concept, which is also at the same time very old concept. And it's very good that we have a chance to revive this. That's why I say reconnecting to the source is very so important because we can reconnect to who we really are, who we really remember that we can be, that we are. Um, little known fact I want to bring up and I, I want to talk with you about it. I was standing in front of my... Um, dissertation proposal committee. It was a rough go, right? Because I wanted to study something from a systems perspective, never been done before. And I wanted to study the consequence of psychological contract violation, broken promises. But I wanted to study it from a systems perspective. 
And the reason I bring this up is because this is kind of a funny story, but you're probably not going to think it's funny. So I'm in the middle of the proposal and I had this enormous diagram of what I wanted to study. And I explained that broken promises are a system and they're a system that involved many number of things. But I quoted you and I, <laughs> I brought one of the pieces, that, one of your early pieces that you did on a let me just say a systems approach to things. And, and they looked at me, the three people on my committee looked at me as if I had three eyes, right? And they asked me to leave the room. I then found out later that when they brought me back, that first of all, they had to make sure I wasn't making up that, <laughs> that you actually did this body of work. And then when I came back, they approved the approach that I had, but they made me divide it up into two sections. I want to ask you, going back in time, if you would, reconnecting to the source and the new science of spiritual experience, doesn't it tap in to the whole system of things? Well, absolutely. You know, I don't like to talk about myself, but now... Yeah, please. You got to talk about yourself. I wrote the book Systems View of the World, published in 1972, you know. Yep, yep, I know. It was was doing very well as as a book, almost like a bestseller. I wrote a a basic book, was published by Harper, Harper Torch Books, also still in the same year, and in 1972. And since then, I've done a lot of of work on this, a lot of publications on this. So it's not impossible that some members of your committee would have come across one or another of these works, you know. It was still very new at the time. Now I think it's very much becoming mainstream as a sure everything is a system, basically. Now we're going even one step further, we can say everything is a quantum system, you know. And but uh, so obviously I, I come from the system background. I discover system thinking while I was at Yale, uh, as uh, invited as a fellow in 1967. And I discovered Ludwig van Bertalanffy, with whom I co-written several books after that. And the whole idea, which is now called the systems approach, it was very new at the time. It came from biology and from metaphysics, but it then became, gradually became, moved into the mainstream, and it's now science. Yeah. And what I love about this is having read that book multiple times and this, and by the way, that was the book that I quoted in my dissertation proposal. Um, I'm struck by, and maybe this is me kind of projecting, but let me get it out there. When I read Reconnecting to the Source, I literally could see that there are dots that get connected when we reconnect to the source that cannot be explained. And I would love for you to share the not just the perspective of how reconnecting to the source is simply more than just a book, but it's a guiding piece. It's a way to heal. It's a way to really accelerate the movement and the creativity of the world to me. Tell me if I'm even on track with that assertion. Well, that's wonderful. I wish everybody who reads this or picks it up would feel like you do. I hope they, they, some of them will. 
sure. I mean, it, it, for me, source is what we are. Source is the whole systemic quantum universe of which we are a part. Our consciousness is, is, is an element of this, is connected. We are intrinsically connected to this. So uh, to me, it's reconnecting to the source means two things, first of all. Means the idea of reconnecting, because I think we have lost the connection. Not completely, thank goodness. You, we can't lose it because it's part of us. But the consciously, we have, we have overlaid it, this deep sense of connection with the world. We have overlaid it by the everyday concerns. The, the urgent always overwhelms the important. I think Kissinger said it at the time. So that we, uh, it's very important to reconnect, actually reestablish their connection so that we feel part of the whole, of, of nature, we should say today, nature of the whole biosphere, of the living systems around us, of humanity. We are all part of that, to feel that. And the other element of this, is, which, is, which is reconnecting to what? To the yeah. source. Because yeah. I think everything is basically a whole tremendous, complex, sophisticated, but incredibly harmonious, coherent universe. It's been born 18.6, billion years ago, they say, in the Big Bang. This universe has been evolving, and things are systems that are evolving in it, from the simplest at atoms and molecules and cells to multicellular organisms, so whole systems, societies of organisms, to planets and to solar systems and galaxies. It's all moving forward. Not without fallbacks, obviously, without reverses, but on the whole, the trend is toward complexity and toward coherence, toward harmony, toward oneness. And that basic trend is expressed in us, in our consciousness. For us, the source is this sense, this real truth of the universe moving in a direction, non-randomly, as the, I can talk about it later if you like, but great break, breakthrough, I think, which is not so much noticed, actually, mm -hmm. but it's coming about in science. The old idea, which used to be considered the, the central idea, that the universe is just the result of one darn thing after another, sort of, but they say random, co ra random uh, co-actions co today, in random interactions, one thing after another, creating what happens to be coming about is purely random and by chance. It turns out that it cannot be that, because we can't explain by random interactions even the simple fruit fly. The DNA of a fruit fly is so complex that random interactions could never have connect, corrected that, created that in the time span that was available since the beginning of this process in the universe. So we know we are far too complex, far too coherent, as is to use the scientific term, but you can call it also far too belongingness, far too oneness, far too solidarity with each other. This is a quality of the universe, and it is expressed in us. So when we reconnect to the source, we reconnect to something that is in us just as well as it is in the world at all, because we reflect the world around us. Oh, I, you know, thank you so much for that. I, I'll tell you something I really also loved about this book, Dr. Leslie. I love, I thought when I started to read the book, I, uh, I, it was going to take me on a very, let's just say, cognitive journey. 
But as I started to read the book more and more, and I got to the part, the bouquet of spiritual experiences, and I started to read these stories, I, I got to tell you, I just started to, my eyes started to fill up. Because I think sometimes, and I would love to ask you about this, I think sometimes maybe we live in a world that could do a better job at recognizing each other's spiritual experiences. I think we could do a better job of that. And I wanted to ask you, when you wrote this book and you, and you brought all of these beautiful things together, how did these stories change you? Well, recollection in a way. Remember, mm. yeah. you started saying that. <clears throat> That's also my my story. You know, <clears throat> I started in my career. I started my active life as a young child prodigy. Actually, mm -hmm. on, on, I was playing concerts since I was nine years old. Yeah. Then uh, recollecting basically the feeling that you have when everything goes well. When you don't have to worry about where you put your fingers, the technique. When you don't have to worry about remembering what you are playing. When you don't have to worry about the orchestra. But everything goes to, falls into place. Then and then there is a public that follows you and that gets taken by it. Then it's a marvelous sense. It's not a, a self gratification, but it's a sense of being in another space, in another time, where everything is harmonious. Everything makes sense, and everything goes naturally. It couldn't be any other way than the way it is. And I remember that, and I said, well, that experience is really, I think, what the great spiritual masters are talking about. I think it's the same kind of experience that the great prophets were, were mentioning, whether it's a Mohammed or, 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 or a Chao uh, um, uh, Lu Chao or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or the Buddha, or, or Mohammed even, or Jesus and Teresa and all that. When they talk about this experience, that's what they talk about, the sense of oneness, the sense of belonging together, the sense of everything being in its place. So I thought if I had this experience as a musician, and in a way that experience inspired or, or, or helped me to write what I was doing, was following my instincts, following this kind of, you might say, intuition, of what I, how I should express this, what I should find this in science, how I can express this in a way that it, that it makes sense, that it's convincing. And then I thought, well, if that happened to me, and I just thought of this about two years ago, uh, if it happened to me, not only does it happen to others, but maybe others can tell me about it. Yeah. And so, you know. So I started asking people whom I saw there, many of them are well-known people, known for the honesty and ethics and, and the deep insights. And I said, did you have an experience that changed your life? And to my surprise, all the people that I asked said, yes, there was something like that happening to me. And I said, could you recount it? And most people don't like to talk about it because they feel it's, they are not serious. They are well-established artists and scientists and philosophers and so on. How come they had this experience? But they said, yes, we can, it's time to talk about it. Mm. And they started describing it and we recorded it. And this became then, it's about nearly 18 or 19 stories like this. It counts, accounts of spiritual experience. 
And these are experiences that are not ordinary experience, but they happen to people. And if they are not suppressed, if we don't say it's crazy, that doesn't, that can't be true. <coughs> but if we accept it, that it's happening to us, then it can change us. Mm. I, the spiritual experience. And in this book, I collected these stories, all recounted by the people themselves, without knowing what the others are saying. And they all really come up with the same thing. You know, it's so fascinating. It's an experience of feeling the harmony, feeling the oneness, feeling the connection between things. And then when you have that feeling, what you feel is toward the world, toward others, toward nature. What you can only describe is this, this famous good four-letter word, which is L-O-V-E, which is love. Mm -hmm. They all feel somehow this kind of a love, not because of something that they're getting out of it, not to reciprocate, but it's unconditional. And these are without knowing about each other's stories, they came up with this. And now in this book, you can read their experiences. People are fascinated by my own family started reading this. They didn't know I'm collecting all these stories. And the own family says, how come you're doing a book like this? <laughs> Which is <laughs> that says so much to just to talk to the heart, to, to everybody. It is so important. And that's why I ask you about this. It is about talking to the heart. You know, one of the things I loved as I was reading this, Dr. Laszlo, is I got to, I was reading uh, Lawrence Bloom and when I read sort of a first sentence, uh, let me just let me just go over this right for really quickly for people. For those of you just tuning in, Dr. Irvin Laszlo joining me here today, Reconnecting to the Source is his latest book, The New Science of Spiritual Experiences, how it can change you and how it can transform the world. And the stories from the people in here, I think folks are that read this are going to feel a connection and not feel alone. And here, here's why. When I started to read this and I read this, let me just read this. And this is uh, Lawrence Bloom. My story is not about feeling separate as a child and needing to discover the oneness of things, but about feeling connected as a child and needing to go through the illusion of separation and scarcity to regain that connectedness. I read that and that summed up for me a very early childhood experience at age six. I mean, I got thrown out of Catholic boarding school at age six. I mean, do you know what you have to do to get thrown out of a Catholic boarding school at age six? But it, it never explained to me what you've just put in this book. And he, here's the thing. I was on a weekend in Catholic boarding school and I pulled on Sister Michael Anthony's habit and I was at the ninth station of the cross in a Catholic church and I simply said, Jesus just told me that my mom is with him and she's okay. And Sister Michael Anthony, as you can imagine, grabbed me by my ear this Dominican, back in the day, Dominican nun, grabbed me by my ear, dragged me to Mother Superior. I walked in the room. Mother Superior's head was down. I remember this. Picked up her head and, and proceeded to tell Mother Superior, she claims, again, she's talking to Jesus. This time it's about her mother, and that's impossible. Her mother's not with Jesus. And Mother Superior said, 
her mother actually is. She just passed away. Hmm. Now, I got thrown out of school for that. Hmm. But my point is this. For the rest of my life, and I'm not alone in this, many people have been challenged and told that that's not normal. Having a connection and feeling that love, that's not normal. And I I think what you're bringing to the forefront is for us to perhaps forget those labels, right? But isn't it true that many, many people have experience like this, Dr. Laszlo, and they're meant to either, I mean, I gotta tell you, like. Shortly thereafter, I was sent to see Dr. Jacoby, the psychiatrist, right? Because it didn't stop there. But how do we help folks honor their spiritual experiences? How do we do that? Well, it helps. What I'm trying to do is to show legitimacy, credibility, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that actually science can tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, believes a scientist. Well, Einstein would be one of those scientists that you would believe, I believe. Most people would. And he said, our separateness is an illusion. These are his words, you know. There is no separateness in the real world. So what you really felt as a six-year-old is the real, is the real experience of the world. But you're being taught by in, in your school or wherever by your elders is an artificial, synthetic misreading of the truth. And it has tragic, dramatic consequences. It has the consequence that we are destroying we are we are the 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 degenerating or or the coherence, the pristine environment that we have, the natural environment. We are we are acting like a cancer because we think that we can only we are only separate. We are only for, responsible for us individually, and nothing. We are not part of anything else. Everything else is outside. It's just a question of competing, and it's the. Is the old Newtonian thing. They're all separate little bits of matter moving around in space and time. And then the Darwinian thing that we're all really competing with each other. And it's, it's all a question of who mm. wins this competition, who the survivors win, or the winner survive, I would say. So I think these are all outdated ideas. We talk about the old paradigm. Nowadays, I'm very strong in talking about a new paradigm. I even created an Elasdo Institute of New Paradigm Research. But yeah. what, what I think what we need desperately is to recognize that the sense that you have of oneness, of being connected, is the true sense of what the universe is telling you. The universe could not have been as it is today, as we experience it, could not have been the sphere of multiple coherence working together, even if they have conflict, even if there are disagreements, even if there are problems. But on the whole, this whole universe is building up toward higher and higher levels of coherence in space and time. Could not have been here, unless there is something deep in this universe, which is I call it, to use a scientific term for it, I call it an attractor, an attractor. Mm. That's what system scientists do when they say there is an attractor moving a system in a given direction. But you can call it the, the Holy Spirit. You can, you can call it Tao or yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, It's there because this universe is not a passive universe. It's a universe that is dynamic and it's moving. It's transforming itself 
And that's one thing to remember. The other thing to remember is that we ourselves are part of this. So that when we go deep into ourselves, when we allow our deeper self, our deeper feelings to surface, to surface, then, of course, we feel that we are not separate. We are not little mechanical bits, in a big cogs in an enormous cogwheel. We are not that. Because mm. we are part of this evolving, self-evolving quantum universe. The new sciences give you testimony. And this is how we can see the universe. Not material, but something much close to being spiritual. James Jeans, you know, the great astro astronomer, 100 years ago, he says, based on his work on the, uh, in the astronomy, he says the more universe is more like a big thought than like, than like a big machine. That was 100 years ago. And now we can recognize, indeed, in the universe, in the quantum universe sense, is much more like a great inspiring idea, an impetus that's moving forward, that's moving in the direction, and not something passive and dead and lifeless and soulless. It's a big, big change in science, and it's important to recognize it, because then we recognize who we are, part of it. We recognize where we have an experience of oneness, of wholeness, of belonging, a feeling of love, our un unconditional, unrequited love is just because you feel it, that you are part of it. Then you are expressing not something, a wild fantasy. You're expressing something that is a deep, a deepest element, I think, in the whole world, a, a, a moving, a self-evolving universe in which consciousness is a very basic part. And your deepest level, your deepest consciousness reflects this. Mm. So that's something to recognize. So the experiences that you have had as a child, that you have been having since then, the experiences that are described in this new book, they are all reflections of something, what we truly are and how we truly relate to the world around us. It's a big, big change because 50 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, we would have said, well, that is just fantasy. It isn't. Now the universe is a loving universe. It's a self-creating universe and we are part of it. We learn that we'll act very differently than from the way most people do today. Wow. Uh, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm hoping Dr. Laszlo is going to share some of the stories in the book because they are magnificent. And during the break, I'm going to talk with him about the day that I had bagels. Yes. The day that I had bagels working for Bell Labs with Arno Penzias. Dr. Penzias, Big Bang, I called him. Dr. A had no clue. I was 17, didn't know who he was, and he explained the theory of ping pong to me. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, 
Barnes & Noble Inner Traditions, you can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. We have uh, Dr. Laszlo with us for a little bit longer. Before we continue, how can folks get a copy of the book? You know, what's the best way? And also, how can they find out more about you? Okay. Well, I mean, the book will be published, formally published, on March 24th. But orders can be already filled. I understand the book will be is being being printed now. Actually, yep, yep. I have an advanced copy. <laughs> but is that's an advanced copy? The, the yep. new full book actually has even something more because I had another chance to another go at it, so I've polished it here and there. But um, the the finished book will be ready on, on in about a week, I would think. And but so orders will be filled, but otherwise you can get it through the publisher, which is St. Martin's Press, a division of Macmillan, or through Amazon, or through any one of the booksellers, that, uh, whether online or, or in the bookstores, uh, hopefully in the drugstores and wherever it comes. But the formal publication is, as I said, a couple of weeks away. Thank you. Um, I don't want to spend this time with me talking. I know you're going to uh, run shortly here in 10 minutes. I want to ask you two things. One, were you surprised at the stories? And if so, would you share one or two of them with us? And then I would love to know your vision for the message for this book. Well, the stories have a, a, have a kind of a light motif, you know, something, uh, a red line going through them, a, a, a thread. And that is always that people, when they have a motivation to look further, 
to go to look behind, even when they are doing, and sometimes in particular when they are doing well, and everything seems to be going their way. You <laughs> mentioned Lawrence Bloom a little while ago. He was yeah. a successful businessman in his early 30s. He was he was a quite a rich guy, and uh, he was doing very well. But he felt dissatisfied, and then one has, when one is feels frustrated, then one wants to know what this is all about. Many people just leave it at that. They either start drinking or take drugs or God knows what else, but uh, not don't really do anything meaningful. But uh, there, were, there are also people who really ask themselves, is there more to the world than this? And if they are serious, they listen to their feelings. Then things start happening, you know. Some of the stories talk about synchronicities, things, things about falling into place, and in a way that we couldn't understand otherwise. Coincidences, which are not coincidences anymore. And all the realizations. It can be brought about by something traumatic, like an illness, like an accident, mm. something, a happy event as well, something being promoted or being successful all at once. It can be a frustration, but a, a, something that's life transforming, something, you know, you don't really have advance, you don't really have progress and development until you have some form of crisis, some form of challenge. The challenge, when you overcome the challenge, when you cope with the challenge, then you look further, then you look beyond your day, your here and now. And that's when things start, start happening. So a traumatic or a ecstatic experience, a great experience can be in, in art, in music, can be dancing all of a sudden, can be seeing something that makes such an impression on you, a, 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 a view can be a, 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 a talk with, with animals, being 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 part of a of a group of animals. That's one of the stories. The same uh, famous in anthropologist June Jane Goodall. Yeah, you know who is well known. Has lived for years as a young girl with the chimpanzees in in Africa, and she talked about how she had that experience when she was in the jungle. And she was moving together with the chimpanzees, and a storm came, and and actually they had to be huddled together and and move on to a drier ground. And she felt really being part of that. She was not rejected. She was accepted that, and she felt that they are really feeling living people, with whom we can we can share something. And then the whole world, the whole jungle became not a jungle, but almost like a sort of a, a haven, or perhaps a heaven. Something that you feel very much at home in, that you very want, much want to be. And then, we, when she had this experience, and she was living in Paris later on, and she went to the famous cathedral Notre Dame, and she felt she one morning, early morning, and somebody was practicing apparently on the organ and playing something, and she was alone in this church, and she felt she had this experience also of just feeling the oneness and the higher meaning behind things. So we have many different ways of experiencing. Everybody had their own, but it's even difficult to 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 recall all of them. I think I would just say try start reading it. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. But it's something that moves you from out of the ordinary. You realize that you are more than you thought you were. The world is more and different and deeper than you thought it was. It's not just this rush, 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 this this mindless competition. But there is a deeper sense behind it. You start looking, you start feeling it, and then you allow your intuitions, your sense of belonging to this world, 
start to talking to you. Because, you know, there is a very important simile or metaphor, if you like, which is more than just an idle metaphor, the world as a hologram. You know, hologram is, is, a, is an image that's conserved someplace on a film or an, uh, on a computer or wherever. But it has a few, very special characteristic. It means that every inf all the information that makes the image of the hologram is contained in every part of it. For example, if you illuminate any small part of that holographic film, you get the total image right there. Mm. As many times as you illuminate it, wherever, it's always the same image comes, comes up. You can experience this yourself, by the way. You can use your eyeglasses to, to after create a certain optical array and project it to a screen. You use your eyeglasses as a lens, and there you find the image coming up again, wherever you put it. So <clears throat> why is this so important? Because it means that according to this quantum universe, where Einstein said the separateness is an illusion, according to this quantum universe where we know that we are one, we can, this oneness that is in us, actually, is the information that is in the universe. It's the, it's the seeds of that information, it's the core, it's the code for that information, if you like. So it's all in us, basically. You would not be able to develop, the cells would not know how to orient themselves and to create an organ system, the organ system create an organism how you orient yourself in the world around you. All this is basically guided by a deep information of the, of the oneness or the belonging of this universe, the coherence of the universe. It's there. It was there in the Big Bang. It is being expressed now. And if you can allow this to happen, often it's at the cost of some traumatic event, but it can be also a happy event, a great ecstatic joy. Whatever turns you on in this way, you feel what, what you really are, and this, this sense of belonging to the rest of the world is there. And that is your story. Pat, when you were telling me about your story with the beagles and, 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 the, and, and, and the lab, I would say, I would, if, if I make a new edition of this book, then I certainly would want to be one of the first people I'd like you to ask you to recount it, just write up this experience because it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. We all experience about you just have to recognize them allow them that they are real experiences yeah thank you for me i am so thrilled that you took time uh, and a crazy time in the day for you to join me here today i have to tell you it's always an honor dr laszlo to be able to speak with you but i have to say this this particular book is so powerful for anyone and I mean anyone, anyone that is open to exactly what you said before, to that reconnected port. It is such an important book for our time. And of course, I've read pretty much everything else you've written. But I will say that this is a book about heart and it's a book about love. And I want to thank you for writing it. Well, it's not I who wrote it somehow. I was helped somehow. I do have that feeling, you know. I didn't know when I set out on this what it would become. It just came and I allowed it to flow. And then I asked these people to collaborate with me to tell their own stories, to find the science behind it all so that there is credibility. And then finally realize how important it is in our time to reconnect so that we became more sane, more sound, more collaborative, less aggressive, 
less self-minded and self-centric. I think if we really realize who we are, we'll become much more part of what we are all together. So I, 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 I had help in this. And yeah. I'm very glad that I found also a good publisher to do this, to set it out. And I'm glad that I found people like yourself and a few other people at social media who are who are, had a look at this advanced copy and they want to, to want to talk about it. Because I think it's it's a recipe. It's the medicine. It is. But it's it, a sweet it is. medicine, it is. Not, not a tough one. It's a good thing to take. It is. It's really a it, it, it's like sitting down to homemade uh, Italian gravy from my grandmama and her secret meatball recipe. It is a recipe like that. It's brilliant. Thank you, Dr. Laszlo. Thank you for everything. Uh, Dr. Pet, delightful to talk with you. Thank you so much for your understanding and for a deep, deep, deep comprehension of what is happening today and what we can do about it. Yeah, boy. And I'll tell you, we are doing it. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Kimberly Carlson. And I would love for you to tune in to All In Healing Radio, where together we will begin to experience health, happiness, and harmony in all areas and aspects of life. Join us every first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on TransformationTalkRadio.com. All In Healing will help you release layers of negative beliefs and energies for radiant health, deep joy, and greater abundance. Visit me at KimberlyCarlson.com. Some people dream of freedom before they know it even once. What happens when we find ourselves in unimaginable freedom? Retired, children are grown, we've moved on from caregiving, and don't know what to do with all that time you never had before. Well, it's your life. It's up to you now. On the hit new show, Fresh Courage, it's your time to shine with host Sharon Rolfe on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet, welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truths, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the knowledge book radio with Marge Potasic on transformationtalkradio.com. The Coach Peggy Show, all things wellness with me, Coach Peggy Wilms. Tune in every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where I'm going to talk to you about all things wellness. We go way beyond nutrition and fitness, you guys. It's the Coach Peggy Show. We get bold, we get badass, and we never go half in. And for more information, you can visit me at AllThingsWellness.com. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. 
Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, Benny, that was so cool, wasn't it? Dr. Irvin Laszlo joined us here today. Oh, yeah. It was very cool. Um, One of the things I didn't do, Benny, and I, I just want to take a moment to do it, is we talked about the fact that the book, Uh, And the entire section of the book was called A Bouquet of Spiritual Experiences. And for those of you just tuning in, um, Dr. Irvin Laszlo is the author of many books, but he's also his latest book to come out here shortly is called Reconnecting to the Source, The New Science of Spiritual Experience, How It Can Change You and How It Can Transform the World. And one of the things that I mentioned was this section in the book. Now, I'm used to reading Dr. Laszlo's books. And boy, I'll tell you, you know, they're the kind of books that you read and you become a student of what he's saying. This particular book is when you read it, you become heartfelt connection to the people that contributed. And I want to just tell you a a few of those folks, because we really didn't get to it. You know, we didn't get to that. So let me just go through the list, if I could, for those of you out there. And the book is done so well that you get to hear the complete stories from people. But then in the back, you know, there is a section called Essential Lessons and Fundamental Tasks. And so when when you get to that, you start to read about these and you start to read about these folks and the message for today, you know, it really is a way for each of us to think about our own lives and think about, well, wait a minute, you know, I have experiences like that. You know, maybe something like that did happen to you, but you've been afraid to talk about it. You know, maybe... It's something that you thought about not being significant, right? But I'll tell you that when you read these stories, if you didn't know who these people were um, and you just read the story, it will be such a heartfelt connection. And, you know, people like Dr. Jean Houston, I already mentioned Lawrence Bloom, right? Um Then when we talk about others in the book, many of them you know, right? Jane Goodall, which was mentioned, Barbara Marks Hubbard, um, Christopher Laszlo, Lynn McTaggart, uh, Dean Radden, uh, Gary Schwartz, right? Um, And you start to think about, well, wait a minute, I don't know, James O'Day. Um, Maybe you start to think, about uh, uh, Guido Ferrari, uh, Darla Boone, and you start to read these stories. Let's say you didn't know who they were. What you would find is powerful, powerful, powerful. And, uh, you know, in these few minutes that I have left, I just wanted to read something to you all. This is the excerpt, Jane Goodall. Here it is. As I slowly returned into my everyday self, I scribbled some notes, trying to recall at least something of that which I had so briefly experienced. I had not been visited by angels or or other heavenly beings, but it had been a truly mystical experience. One 
that left me a little changed, a little closer to understanding the wonder of natural world. It seemed to me that self was utterly absent. I and the chimpanzees, the earth and trees and air seemed to merge to become one with the spiritual power of life, of the life of the universe. In a flash of insight, or perhaps I should call it outsight, I had known timelessness and quiet ecstasy, sensed a truth which until very recently had been ridiculed by mainstream science, and even today is only acknowledged by a few of the great minds of our time. And I read that to all of you to say, this is not something for others to ridicule. It is who you are, who I am, who we are. There are pieces of this, experiences like this for all of us. I think it is the time, as Dr. Laszlo pointed out, for us to stand in the truth of who we are, all of who we are, and for you to shape that own recipe of spirituality for yourself, unabridged, uninhibited by whatever it is you're being told to believe, and know that it is truly the essence of magnificent. I'm Dr. Pat. This is the Dr. Pat Show. For those of you out there, the book is Reconnecting to the Source. It's amazing. These stories literally, for me, brought tears to my eyes, but tears of gratitude. Benny, let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. 